This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland, and welcome to this series we're in, Don't Believe the Hype. This is part three, and so let's jump in, okay? Let's jump into the word today. Father, we thank you for the holy word of God, and we pray that we are, uh, Lord, true recipients. Uh, God, I pray that we would receive your word. I pray that we would be open to your word. I pray that our hearts would be open. Lord, I pray that the word, as it is a seed, the divine seed, I pray that that seed Lord, is planted in our hearts so that we can bear fruit of it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Okay, let's jump in, guys, okay? Here's our, here's our text for the month. Uh, I'm gonna read this first and jump right into this. Uh, here we go. Ephesians chapter five, verses eight to 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Uh, Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light, verse 14. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Okay, there we go. Uh, That's kind of the text for the month. I just kind of like to open with that. It's kind of what we're doing here. Whole point of this sermon series is to speak the truth of God's word and in doing so, expose the lies of the enemy. Okay, so in particular, why today? Why this message today? What, how does that really look today? Um, and here we go. This is why we need to preach this. Okay, this is why this, we're preaching this sermon series. Is that, and this is what we're going to talk about today. In our human nature, okay, um, our sinful nature, we have an unhealthy value for, these, for the outward right? We, we, in our nature, our human nature, we have this focus, this value um, in outward things or external things. And the kingdom of God is different. Within the heart of God, it is different than that. And so we need to speak the truth of God's word and expose the lies of the enemy. Don't believe the hype of these outward displays or things in this world um, are not what life is all about. It definitely is not what eternal life is all about, okay? So that's what we're talking about. So here it is kind of in, in, in point form, if you will. We're gonna talk about the external versus the eternal, okay? External versus eternal, okay? So we know that creation itself is not evil, but... If we idolize it, 
that is wrong, that is sin. If, if, if outward things and some things in this world because of the devil, it, there are evil things, right? Um, but I, I'm speaking of even things that aren't evil. It's like God created things, um, all of creation, but we, we, we worship the creator, right? Not creation. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Like just look at the scriptures a little bit of external versus eternal. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read a lot of verses. I don't have a lot of points today, like actual points. I just want to read some verses. I'm going to share some quotes from a particular book I'm reading right now that's really kind of ministering to me in this exact subject matter. Well, actually, I, I read this part of this book some time ago, but I went back and flipped through the book I'm reading, and I'm like, oh, man, this stuff would really apply to today. So anyways, let's jump in. So, so Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 20 and 21 uh, Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Kingdom of God. Uh, kingdom of God. There's a lot to the kingdom of God in the scripture. And, but this is very, very specific here. Speaking of the kingdom of God within is within us. Another like very blatant description in the scripture of what the kingdom of God is. It says in the word of God that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit's within us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so with that said, the kingdom of God is within us and so there it is it's not external um i believe that we can see the kingdom of god happening right we can we can witness it but by definition by biblical definition it is within us because of the holy spirit and by definition it is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit Right. And and um, the Bible also says, you know, when, when when somebody gets delivered of a demon, the kingdom of God has come unto you. So just those three things there that are very blatant as to describing specifically even that language, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven um, here on the earth. It is very much a spiritual reality. Right, it is something. It, it, every every description of the kingdom of God that we just talked about, that we just read right here, is eternal, and 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 of the spirit of God. Right, and so with that said, man, we need to not be vexed or enamored with or giving our life for all of these other external created things in this world, all right? And so the Bible says, right, um, in the book of Colossians, right, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. It doesn't mean we don't engage in this world. It doesn't mean we go, you know, I, I, I'm not saying we, we give to some sort of uh, monastic lifestyle and all need to become monks and go live in the desert. Because the Bible doesn't say to do that, right? 
Um, but in this world, these things pull on us. If we're honest, these things, these external things, these things out here, these things with the with the seen eye, right? They 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 pull on us. You know, we, we need to. We, this is this is every Christian's journey. This is every Christian's battle, man. We gotta learn and continue to set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth, right? We we gotta do this. This is um. This is um, how we live in the spirit. This is how we overcome the lust of the flesh. This is how we overcome the pride of life. This is how we overcome the lust of the eyes. Like all of those things, right, are there. And they all, they tempt us. They pull on us, right? Like as, as believers, this is a war. This is, and look, we, we gotta, we, you know, don't believe the hype, man. Uh, uh, everything we see and all these things that everybody in this world says are so important. Uh, I, today, I just want to kind of put those things in their place uh, through the word of God and say, wait, what really matters? What, 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 what really matters eternally? What really matters in our life in the truest sense? So let me read this next verse here. First uh, John chapter two. Verse 15, 16, and 17, okay? 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17. says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, speaking of this worldly system we are in, what are those things? Here it is, all external. Listen, listen to this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help somebody today. At least that's my prayer and my hope. This is gonna help somebody today. Look at this. This is the spirit of the world, the lust of the flesh, what we desire, our flesh wants. The lust of the eyes, what we see with our naked eye. The Bible also says another verse, the eyes of man are never satisfied, right? So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Um, I think new... NLT or NIV, one of those versions say, the pride of what one has and does. It's all outward, all external. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. But he who does the will of God abides forever. All right, um, this type of message, just take it like this. Ask yourself the question, what is it in me that there is some type of weakness, some type of vulnerability in these areas? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. What is that? What is it? And this is why I'm saying this because sometimes we can look at this and it can almost seem overwhelming because then you're like, wow, man, like everything I see, everything I feel, right? Everything I want. Like, Lord, forgive me, right? Um, but is there something that the Holy Spirit is specifically convicting you about that? that you get, you're getting caught up in. You're believing the hype about something. And you know, the devil is a liar. 
And we want to speak the truth of God's word and expose him, right? Expose these things, you know, as we read in Ephesians, you know, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Like, what is that? What is it? Like, if, if I think any of us, because of our human nature, this can almost feel overwhelming. Like, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm lusting after a lot. I'm wanting a lot. I'm seeing a lot I want. Like, whatever that might be. And sometimes those things, the what you want or what you see or what you desire, the thing itself, I'm not even saying is sin, but is it consuming you? That is the question. Is it, is it some, is it something, like what's behind that maybe? You know what I'm saying? So it's just evaluation. It's just like, hey, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart of God. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And look at this, this is, this is the Christian life, right? So we're just, hey, we're in this natural world and uh, we want to live in the spirit. We want to live for God. So it's like, Lord, is there anything in me right now that you want to deal with, that you want to deliver me of, that you want me to surrender? Is there something in there I'm, I'm kind of fighting? I'm trying, I'm holding on to. I got a little pet issue. And God's like, hey, man, let's deal with that right now, right? And so that, that's what this is about. It's just about growing in the Lord. It's about um, getting delivered, getting healed, getting restored. It's about living in the spirit. It's about like not believing the lies that these things out here are going to satisfy you. It's a lie that they're going to really make you happy. It's a lie because they won't. Um, because that's the nature of lust. It's a desire, and that desire is never fulfilled. Whether it's the lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes, it doesn't matter. It's a lust. It's a desire. We want, When we get that thing, and we're, we're putting this exorbitant amount of happiness if I get it, happiness if I attain to that. And sometimes these things aren't things. I'm not even just talking about cars and money. It could be status. It could be this level of prestige. It could be um, an unhealthy desire for that next level of promotion because then people will respect me. Or, man, if I get that next degree, man, then my parents will be proud of me, right? And maybe, maybe, maybe you have some motivation for those things. But hey, I'm just saying, when we're fixed on something and we're thinking and we're pursuing that, we have this unhealthy drive for some outward display. It's like, man, it's the pride of life. That's of the world. It's not of the Father. And we all need to be delivered of this stuff and, and surrender this stuff. Man, this is a daily fight, a daily walk. And, and, and this is part of us maturing spiritually. All right? So I'm reading this book right now. It's called The Imitation of Christ. It was written like hundreds of years ago uh, by Thomas A. Kempis. Um, and it's read by a lot of different Christian denominations, just kind of ancient writing about, basically about dying to self, and it's pretty deep, okay? There's some stuff in it I don't entirely agree with, you know what I'm saying? It's written by a person, it's not the Bible, but it's just really, some of it's very encouraging to me. So I just want to read some of that, because a lot of that kind of applies, so I'm going to read some of the quotes from it, and I think it kind of bring life to this sermon, hopefully. Uh, but here it is. Here's a, here's a quote from Thomas A. Kempis, The Imitation of Christ. He says, Nothing so mars and defiles the heart of man as impure attachment to created things. Come on, somebody. All right. Here's another one. 
If you, Thomas A. Kempis, if you attend wholly to God and yourself, you will be little disturbed by what you see about you. Okay? And so here, I got a question for you. What can this world give you that is better than Jesus? Maybe, maybe for some of us, maybe, maybe this message is more about prioritization, prioritizing, putting things in their place, putting a drive for some ideal or success or stature, putting it in its place. I'm not saying to you move to the desert and live in a cave, but I am saying uh, don't believe the hype about this outward external world that anything in it, anything, even created things, nothing in it will satisfy. All right? Okay, so what can this world give you that is better than Jesus? Or let me say it this way. Why would we sacrifice our relationship with Jesus for something in this fallen world? All right? Hallelujah. So here we go. I got a point here. I'm going to give it to you. Love Jesus above all things. Love Jesus above all things. All right? Don't believe the hype about this world. Let it be put in its place. And look, don't beat yourself up because, and don't allow insecurity, discontentment, as we talked about a bit um, on part one of this series. Don't allow those things, those pressures, social pressure, societal pressure, peer pressure, family pressure, to make you feel like you have to get to something and achieve something and drive for something um, because of this outward display of achievement. Like, look at me now, right? The pride of life. Hey, have your drive. You know, do what you're called to do. Give yourself to it. Be excellent in all you do. Do what God's called you to do. Allow him to lead you and to guide you. And yes, um, work hard and be successful at what you're called to do. But know this, this natural world is very deceptive. Power is intoxicating. Natural worldly success is intoxicating. And, and this is maybe just a message to prioritize that. Hold on. When we start sacrificing what God cares about for what we care about, I'm telling you, we're, we've crossed the line. We've headed over into sin. We've headed over into idolatry, perversion, pride, Come on now, the, there's nothing holy about worldly success. There's nothing holy about influence. There's nothing holy or pure or eternally powerful about some outward display of quote unquote success, stature, whatever. And praise God if God has elevated you to a place of authority in this world. But know this, I've seen people even in, that, is, that have been promoted into places of authority in the kingdom of God and, and pastors, and they have fallen, gravely fallen from that place because they got caught up in it. Don't believe the hype about any of that. Come on now, we gotta learn to walk with a, a reverential fear of God, a respect for God when good things happen in this world. 
for us. Come on now, somebody. I know plenty of people that just chase God when they're, when, when they're in trouble and things start, start going good and they get caught up. All right, and we all must keep this at the feet of Jesus. The good stuff. Look at, don't, the good stuff, meaning those things that are a blessing, keep them at the feet of Jesus. Success, keep that at the feet of Jesus. Financial increase, hey, stay humble. Come on now, stay humble. Submit that to the Lord, like keep that at the feet of Jesus. I'm telling you, don't believe the hype, right? Don't start to think that you're all that and you're somebody special just because maybe you got, you know, you're making a little bit more uh, money now. Praise God for the blessing, but don't let that blessing um, rob you of your relationship with God. Can I get an amen somebody? Somebody say amen in here. Here we go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read another quote here. It's Thomas A. Kempis, The Imitation of Christ. Here it is. Affection for creatures or created things is deceitful, but the love of Jesus is true and enduring. He who clings to a creature will fall with its frailty, but he who gives himself to Jesus will ever be strengthened. And so God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart and man looks at the outward appearance. It's in our nature. We gotta keep it in check. Lord, touch my eyes, right? Lord, touch my heart. Lord, touch my desires. Lord, change my desires. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read this. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 1 um, all the way to verse 13. Okay, and we're going to see this. This is when Samuel came to anoint David. But just look at this whole process and look at how God even chooses how God anoints. It's based on what's going on inside, not on the outside. So here we go. Let's read this. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? Saul hears that he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse three, then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you will do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So then tell him who it was. He just said, just get on your way, and I'm gonna tell you. Verse four, so Samuel did what the Lord said. He went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse, and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely, look at this. Somebody say the outward. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But Samuel the prophet was wrong. Verse seven, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks 
at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8, so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Verse 10, this Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready, bright eyes, good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. Verse seven again. Can I read verse seven again? Let me just read verse seven. First Samuel 16, verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so we must in our walk with the Lord in our journey, in our pursuit of Jesus, learn to develop a, a strong spirit, a, a, a strong spiritual life that we aren't just caught up in what we see with our natural eye, what we feel with our just natural feelings, what uh, we want, desire even with our natural desires. Um, even here, Samuel, a prophet, a man of God, missed it because he was not looking at that first son in, by the Spirit. Um, he's seen something he saw, he said, man, surely this is the one. You know, and um, it was none of them. I mean, Samuel and Jesse uh, missed it seven times, right? They missed it. They had one more shot, right? They missed it seven times. They were off. They were not accurate. They were, in a sense, can I say, like in a sense, they were just seeing, you know, and maybe that was just part of God's process, bringing them through. He wanted to maybe challenge Samuel to see things by the Spirit. But Jesse brought them one by one, and it was like, no, 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 no. And so... I love this about our God because he's always doing something that is different. It's, it's, God is holy. God is uncommon. The way he sees people, you know, we got to see people by the spirit. We got to see people the way Jesus sees them. 
And if we don't, we'll miss something. If we don't, we'll miss something. We gotta see situations by the spirit. We'll miss it. And I'm not saying like super spiritual or over spiritualizing. I'm just saying by the spirit, you know, through it, through an eternal lens, through a spiritual lens, not just what things look like and how they feel in the natural realm, right? Hallelujah. Okay. And um, this is where we get into trouble in our flesh. Because if we're, in, if we're not in the spirit, if we're not learning to walk in the spirit, walking in the word, seeing things the way God sees them, hearing his voice, taking steps to walk with God, obeying him, right? Um, living for the Lord, you know what I mean? Um, and just growing spiritually, sharpening our discernment, sharpening our spiritual perception, stuff like that, right? What we, you know, and then we can get so entangled in the affairs of this life. You know, the Bible says, you know, as soldiers, we, 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 we shouldn't get all entangled in the affairs of this life and all, you know, and, and, and uh, I, I've noticed when I'm in the flesh, when I'm not really in the spirit, I'm kind of acting out of my flesh or I'm, I, I'm in my, in just my emotions, my mind. I'm just, I'm not um, being spirit led. I'm not being as I should be. I, I'm easily bothered by other people. I'm easily frustrated. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. It's getting on my nerves. I'm just more, almost sensitive in the wrong way. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? So here we go. I got a couple more, couple more quotes here. Thomas A. Kempis. He whose disposition is well-ordered, well-ordered meaning in, in, a, in a spiritual sense, okay? He whose disposition is well-ordered cares nothing about the strange, per, perverse behaviors of others. For a man is upset and distracted only in proportion as he engrosses himself in externals. All right? Here's another one. In, in regards to just being a person that's uh, being led by the Spirit and, and having a strong spirit, not just being led by our emotions, our mind, you know, where our, 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 our cognitive thinking and intellect is not in the driver's seat 24-7, but we are honestly being spirit-led and hearing from the Lord and walking with the Lord. Like, when we don't do that, man, we, we end up we, the lust of the flesh, okay? So here we go. Here's another quote. Um, if a man would weigh his own deeds fully and rightly, okay, and meaning, meaning being internally aware, like aware of, okay, what, what's going on here? How am I doing on the inside, right? He would find little cause to pass severe judgment on others. I'll read it again. If a man would weigh his own deeds fully and rightly, right? Making sure I'm right with the Lord, he would find little cause to pass severe judgment on others, Okay. Here we go. Let's read this verse. I'm going to read this quickly. Quickly. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Here we go. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's allow the eternal aspect of who we are, the Christ in us, to impact the external and not the other way around. I'm gonna say it again. Let's allow the eternal, the kingdom of God, to impact the external, the kingdom of this world, and not the other way around, okay? And so with this, when, when you start talking about this outward appearance and the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, I really believe we must then talk about this whole idea in our world of what success is, right? And so we're gonna talk about this, kingdom success versus worldly success. Okay, kingdom success versus worldly success. Let's look at this, Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Chapter one, verse eight. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it, meditate in it day and night. Somebody say eternal. Somebody say spiritual discipline. Say when we say spiritual disciplines. I'm gonna read it again. First John 1, 8. Sorry, first John. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So here, like, you know, Joshua coming out of the wilderness, heading over to uh, the... Uh, heading over the Jordan to the promised land and leading God's people over there, kind of taking the helm, stepping up as a leader in that time to lead God's people. Uh, and um, at the beginning, God's like, look, man, this is what true success is. He's about to conquer a bunch of territories, about to do a lot of things for the kingdom of God, a lot of outward things. I understand this Old Testament, but the principle applies. God's like, hey, this is what success is. And this is what what we do as, this is what we do as believers that leads to true success, eternal success. Now, kingdom success and success in God and success in your walk with God, it's not that it takes away um, success as the world might see it, but, but practical worldly success does not define you, nor will it satisfy you. Um, can God bring that? Does he do that for people? Do I mean, yeah, because just principles of, of work ethic and applying yourself and, and just God's favor and blessing, right? Just in, in that he wants us to be able to provide for our, ourselves and our families. Yes, and all that. But come on now. Even with all that, I think sometimes even as pastors, man, in our church, we kind of preach this thing and we only say that side of it like, yeah, you know, God wants you to be blessed and he wants you to provide and he wants you to be promoted and he desires to bless the work in your hands and he wants to favor you and all this. And I, yes and amen. But can we talk about the other side of this outward success though? Can we talk about this other side of power, this other side of authority that is that we are eternally 
and absolutely responsible to, to not allow that to, to, to get the best of us, to get us, you know, in trouble because those things that even God blesses us with can take us out if we let it. Can I get an amen? And so let's not preach like success in, in the sense of the world, right? As some like holy thing. It's not. It's not. We, we must, we got to stay on our knees, man. We got to stay right with Jesus. We got to have a healthy perspective of this. We got to be people that are, that are like, you know, that, okay, here it is, you know, meditate on the word day and night and be careful to do all that's written in it. Then you will, then, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So here is a question. Is success as the world defines it, the absolute measuring rod of kingdom success? I'm all about success in, in the sense of just practically, monetarily. I'm not against that. I'm not preaching that we need to take a vow of poverty, but know this. When we step into success, when we experience monetary abundance, we're accountable to keep our heart right with God. I'm telling you, power is deceptive and, and the love of money. And people say, I get it. The Bible does say the love of money is the root of all evil. And, you know, and we've always preached on the side, yeah, money's not evil. It's the love of money that's not evil. It's okay to have money. It just can't have you. Right, but we say that, and I think we just need to be honest. Um, how has money affected you in any way? Some of you might be like, hey, it's affected me in the way I don't have enough, right? But let's be honest. What What is that in you that kind of start, you know, that pride, you know? Or, 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 you know, or, or you, 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 you achieve that, that status. You, you get to that income and you're like, I need more. I need more, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just be honest here. We got flesh. We got eyes. We got desires. We, we are human. We deal with pride. And I, I think we just need to be honest. I mean, this is not about quitting your job. Like I said before, and moving to the desert right? And living in a cave. This is about, wait a minute, Lord, thank you for all of this stuff. But God, some of this stuff has me. Lord, some of the, I, I, I you know, when I, Lord, when I step into certain environments, Lord, you got to be honest. Lord, I got some pride. I, I'm starting to think I'm all that. Come on now. There, there's that, 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 that's powerful. Like, you know, if, if whatever prayers you got to pray, let, let's make sure that the we're not looking after the things that are seen, but after the things that are unseen. Why? Things that are seen are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Okay? So we may have uh, success from a practical monetary standpoint, but we must remember that it does not define us. And we will experience failure monetarily and failure in this world and what the world will look at and say, man, that was a failure. We got to understand too that that too, from a practical standpoint, does not define us. Okay. It doesn't, does not make us or break us as to who we are. They're temporary. Okay. So here we go. Kingdom success. I'm just going to read through these quickly. Okay. Just a few more minutes here. 
But kingdom success, I kind of wrote some thoughts down and you can write these down if you want. Okay, but kingdom success, what is it really? From an eternal perspective, okay? I just put some thoughts down. Here it is, I'm gonna go through them. Kingdom success is this, Christ-likeness in my behavior and my lifestyle. That's success from an eternal perspective. All right, what else? What else success? How does it play out? How does it look? Somebody that's authentically walking with God. And, and the fruit of that being a healthy interior life. Kingdom success. All right? The, the, um, here's another way to say it. The eternal impact we make on those closest to us. Okay? That's kingdom success. All right? Um, also, obedience. That we're, that we're living in obedience. Okay? To what God has called us uniquely to do. That's success in the kingdom. That you are doing what he's called you to do. All right? Um, and a perspective of kingdom success is this. I believe, I think I've talked about this before, maybe last year in a sermon series, but here it is. That kingdom success truly in every aspect of our life, it must be health is the goal. Like health, you know, and not having this unhealthy drive in one area and it's destroying other areas of our life. But we're like, man, we're doing so great over here. And, and, and you're, the people that matter most to you are, you know, are like looking at you like, man, you need to put this in check. But health is the goal, okay? Um, and, and a kingdom perspective or kingdom success is this, that monetary uh, practical success from a worldly perspective, like what the world would say, look at you, go, wow, that person's successful. We, a kingdom perspective is this success is not about me. It's not about me, okay? And so here, here's a question. Why is it that we want to be honored the most by those who know us the least? That is not kingdom success, all right? Here, I really want this. I want to be respected the most by those that know me more than anybody. Like, because they know the true me. And that's my thing. They're gonna, they know everything about me. So it's like, they're going to see my good and my bad. But my heart, my desire as a person is that my wife and children will, will, will respect me the most. And being that they know me, they know me the most. All right, guys, I hope this ministered to you. Um, I just want to pray with you today. Uh, I hope this really maybe even challenged you a little bit and just giving you an eternal perspective on our life. So, Father, I just pray just that, that, Lord, you continue to open our eyes, that we would see things by the Spirit. We would have an eternal lens. Um, over everything, that everything we look at in our life, our journey, our relationships, in this natural world, our career, our pursuits, Lord, I pray that we would see it as you see it, with a, with, with a perspective, with, with eternity in mind, and that our relationship with you would matter more to us than anything. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, 
Join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.